Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And I'm Colton. All right, Colton, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about the mannequin bird. All right, Julia, tell us about what the mannequin bird looks like. So one quick thing we need to know is that there are many species of the mannequin bird. Yes. There are actually over 50 species. So it's pretty standard in like the shape and size of the bird, but the big difference is the colors. Yeah. So it can range from, you know, White with reds, blacks, uh, yellow, oranges, blues. I mean, any color you can think of, they probably have on their body. Yeah, the size of these birds usually range from anywhere 7 to 15 centimeters. That's about 3 to 6 inches. And they only weigh about 8 to 30 grams, which is maybe a half an ounce to an ounce in weight. So they're kind of small birds relative size to something like a robin. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty tiny. One thing I thought that was funny that I saw looking at pictures of how some of them look, my favorite was head shapes. Because I saw some, you get like really big bulbous heads, while others are like really small, almost like, I almost wanted to call them like finch-like, where it's just a very tiny little head, or others are that little, that short stout head that you see. Julia, tell us about how long they usually so on average, they usually live about 15 years in the wild. And considering how small the species is, I mean, like how small they are actually, it's kind of surprising that they live that long on average. Yeah, but most birds, especially wild ones, don't typically live that long. The kind of birds you see live that long are typically like more parrots, yeah. macaws, those type of birds. And talk to us about where they're from. Yeah, the range of these birds go anywhere from southern Mexico to northern Argentina, Paraguay, southern Brazil, and Trinidad on to Tobago. And how about what they eat? Julia, you want to talk to us about that? Yeah, so pretty typical uh, bird diet for them. They eat mostly fruits and berries, but they also do eat some ins insects as a small part of their diet. And it's actually a little fun fact is the way that they pick up berries, they do it mid-flight. And this suggests to us that they evolved from a bird that actually picked up prey mid-flight, which might also uh, just explain the insect part of their diet. I believe the term that is called hawking. That makes sense. <laughs> and then next we'll be getting into reproduction, which is probably the most unique thing about these creatures. There's a whole thing, and I'll let uh, Colton start us off talking about why that's the case. Yeah, um, so one thing that really sets these birds apart is their mating ritual in which they get together and they dance. This is known as lecking. The, all the males kind of congregate together in one spot and they kind of dance and show off their unique plumage and feathers to attract females. This is kind of a courtship thing to show them that females that they are healthy and worthy of breeding and carrying on their blood. And some of these dances, they're actually pretty intricate in their ways. So there's some dances that will have one to three birds, and these males will actually practice it for days and years. They perfect this dance because 
they want to look good in front of the female. And so they'll take turns flying in the air and flapping their wings and then going back in line and doing this over and over until the lead male will make a final move to try and attract the female one more time. And something interesting is that some females like different dance moves than other females. So it's kind of like a preference thing for them as well. That's why it takes so much time for the males to perfect their routine, basically. And their coloration even lends into this a little bit because their entire point, especially males, the entire point is really just showing off. If you see any female mannequin birds, they are not brightly colored. They tend to be pretty dull colors, usually like a very dull brown or a very dull green. Whereas the males are the ones that bright orange, yellow, red, blue. And it's all just about showing off to these females. In some cases as well, you'll see uh, the more dominant male in a lek or a group uh, be, be the one who uh, basically dominates the breeding for years until he either dies or another male uh, one-ups him, I guess. Uh, you'll, you'll really see that one male be the one that females usually choose just because he's the, the biggest showboat, the best dancer, whatever it may be. And after the ritual is complete, once a female has chosen a male, then it, the actual mating process can begin. And Julia, you want to go into that? So after the pair mates, the female will incubate her eggs in a nest for about 20 days. Um, the female will only lay about two eggs at a time. It's very rare to lay any more than that. And the mother will care for the young for only a couple weeks after they are born as she feeds them nuts and seeds and such. And the babies will hang around after that for about another month or two before fully leaving the nest on their own. Young mannequin birds actually don't get into the whole lecking and mating rituals until a year or two after they're born. It takes a while for them to develop their bright plumage that actually they're able to show off to the females. And these birds are also known as polygamous, meaning even after they do the mating ritual, they won't stick around with the females and have any part in taking care of the young. It's going to be all up to the females. Save one species of mannequin bird, as known as a helleted mannequin bird. But even then, the male has a very limited role in taking care of them. It's more of a territorial type of thing. The next thing we really want to talk about is, I guess, what they get preyed upon by. So, Julia, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, being small birds, they don't have a lot of natural predators. It's mostly larger birds of prey and snakes. That is their main worry. They don't have to worry about larger predators because they're so small that they don't really care about them. And I also saw, too, and it probably will play into them not being preyed upon as much, is apparently they are very fast. Uh, apparently it is very hard. We don't have a ton of information on them. And one of the reasons is because they are so quick and so small, it is just hard to really keep track of where they are, especially when they're in these huge tropical forests. And another thing that kind of sets mannequin birds apart from other birds is like their vocalization. So where you might think other birds are very like sing-songy, that's very beautiful sounding uh, uh, vocalizations, mannequin birds are a little different. I'll let Colton talk to about that. Yeah, one thing that actually makes them unique is their serings or their voice box. It's distinctive to mannequin birds, setting them apart from other related species. It's, it allows them to make more chirps and trills as opposed to beautiful song type of vocalizations. And another sound that mannequin birds make that I found very interesting, it is not a sound they make with their beaks or their serings, it is with their wings. Their flight feathers on their wings are specially adapted to where they can do this uh, quick like closing motion, and it basically makes this snapping sound. Uh, it, they use it a lot for their mating rituals. 
Uh, but that's not something we really see in a ton of other birds. Uh, Colton said this off mic, but it kind of is similar, like morning doves. It's it's kind of that stereotypical sound that you hear that movies will use of like birds taking off. That like hard flapping sound. That's what the sound morning doves make. Um, and so th- this might be a similar thing to where the flight feathers are just adapted and built a little different to make those kind of sounds. I kind of talked about this earlier about we don't have a ton of information on mannequin birds because they're so small and they live in very dense forests. We actually don't know their population status. Uh, it's one of those where we can assume it's probably not bad because we do see plenty of them, but it's we can't know for certain. Um, but we, we do know one of the things that probably affects them the most is deforestation. Granted, that's where they mainly live. So that's probably going to be their biggest threat and probably what harms their population size the most. And to add on to what you just said, I believe there's actually one species of mannequin bird that they know of that's actually critically endangered. It's, like a, it's called the Ararite mannequin bird. That's just one of the many species, but again, we don't know too much about it, so we can't say their exact numbers. That about wraps up a lot of the, like, um, I would call the more factual, scientific stuff that we have. Uh, everything from here on out is basically just a bunch of fun facts. I know Colton's going to lead us off with that. Oh, uh, yeah, one of the ones that I found. The name actually originates from the Middle Dutch word for, it's called mannequin, which sounds very similar to their name. It means little man. <laughs> He's just a dancing little man. So the voice box of each species, we can actually identify it between each species. It's that acute. Not with our ears per se, but with more technical, you know, equipment and stuff. We can actually determine each species just by uh, the noises it makes. And then another one that I have is in the forest that they live in, they account for almost two-thirds of the bird population. So, I mean, we don't know exactly, we don't know how many they are, but they are in abundance where they live. And then the last little fun fact I have is they, the males participate in something called anting behavior. And this is when they will swallow fruits and regurgitate them to attract ants to the area. They will then pick up the ants and rub them on their bodies to kind of enhance their plumage. And it may also help with, you know, insects and bacteria and um, fungal infections and stuff like that. But it's something that we've seen with each species. And as is the case for a lot of birds, actually, the mannequin birds are huge to the ecosystem of the forest they are in. Because of all the fruits and seeds they eat, uh, most seeds of most fruits or most plants are undigestible. So a bird will pass it without digesting it at all. And a lot of the time you will see that these seeds have adapted to where the digestion through birds actually helps them grow quicker and grow stronger. So these birds will pass the seeds, thus spreading more fruit trees, more plants all over the forest. So these birds are so pivotal to that sort of ecosystem. That's all we have on the mannequin bird. Uh, Thanks for listening and tuning in. We really appreciate it. Tune into next week's episode where we're going to be talking about the horseshoe crab. And be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and you'll find all those handles in the description below.
I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.